Hello, and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. And now your host, Derek Dysart. Welcome to Core Sampler. My name is Derek Dysart, and in this episode, we welcome back to the show Mike Reynolds, a Sitecore junkie himself. Mike, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Derek. But now, there's a lot that's gone on since you were last on the show. You want to kind of fill us in? You're no longer in, uh, no longer in California, uh, much less the States, right? <laughs> that's correct. So, yeah, a lot has pretty much changed over the past. I don't even know when I was last on the show, but, you know, I've moved probably, I'm going to say, like 6,000 miles away to Australia. Oh, nice. So, it's been, yeah, it's been a, an adventure, and uh, it definitely, it's... Uh, Lots of good things are happening. Big changes. Uh, definitely had no idea what to expect when I what I was, when I was going to get here, but definitely have been surprised by Australia, especially Sydney itself. And people, when they think about you know that don't live here, when they think about Australia, you think you're going to end up in a place where there's kangaroos running around and koalas, you know, and, that are hanging around, hanging out in trees. And that's not what I've seen at all. Uh, pretty much, there's a huge tech scene here. And, you know, I'm right in the middle of a very urbanized area with high-rise buildings around me. And it's been quite the adventure, especially with the weather, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be weird you know, for a Bostonian to be, like, sweating in January. Yeah, it is very, very weird. You know, I would say that, you know, according to what I've heard, that this month or last month, technically, it's been one of the hottest Januarys on record where temperatures have been pushing up to about 40 degrees Celsius, which is about 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. That's and as a Bostonian, that's just like crazy hot. <laughs> yeah. Normally, normally January, you're, you're trying to shovel your car out from some nor'easter that dumped, you know, two and a half feet of snow on the city. January, I'm trying to like prevent frostbite. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, I mean, I just remember it must've been about two or three years ago. I remember shoveling, snow from like the front street out to the backyard that was about five and a half feet tall yeah. <laughs> i mean that's what i was dealing with and now i'm dealing with like extreme heat so it's definitely you know things have been upside down since i've been down under but it definitely it's an interesting experience yeah and i think that. that's that's a you know it's a misconception and, and and i've i've heard other folks echo kind of your sentiment that you know there's there's a vibrant tech seed down there so yeah you know i i just can stand outside on my balcony and I see Intel, I see McAfee vir antivirus software, Sony's across the street. You know, I mean, I, you just all look around there's nothing but tech here. And it's actually pretty cool because, you know, you, you're hanging around people who are actually involved with this and you'd walk down the street and you, you could run into another developer that may not be doing anything on the cycle platform. They're doing something totally different, but you know, you kind of have that relationship, you know, as a techie and it's really kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been interesting to watch from afar. I know you're, you're involved with kind of trying to get, um, trying to get a user group up and running in Sydney. Yeah. So we, we've, um, we got one up and running and it's been flourishing, uh, pretty much. I would say the first meetup we had, we had a turnout of 60 people with about wow. 20 people on a waiting list. We had a max capacity for the venue. Wow. That is and nice. it's just like knowing that there was a wait list. I'm like, wow, this is like really popular all of a sudden. And then we kicked off our second meetup uh, last, it was this week on Monday. You know, we definitely, we got a good turnout. It wasn't as, 
impressive as the first, but it was still pretty impressive. Had about 40 people show up, had two great presentations. Um, and we have another one up and coming next month at the end of February. So, you know, we're going to have Thomas Elblum out with, and also Sean Honesby, you know, a native Australian who lives in New York, who's coming back to visit and he's coming up here to visit me. And nice. Talk. Nice. So, yeah. Very excited. Yeah, Sean is Sean is uh, Sean is one of the guys I want to eventually get on the show. Sean, I know you're listening, so uh, watch watch for me to reach out, uh, and we'll we'll definitely chat sometime. But uh, so that's kind of been what's what's changed from a personal standpoint. I guess uh, you know, looking, I think I, if I have to look, I'd have to look back. You were back on the show in August. Uh, looking between right. that, then and now, a sitecore wise, a, a whole bunch has changed. Uh, you know, if we look yeah, at what what kind of came out. Uh, what was announced at the symposium, and then ultimately, when they launched, uh, when they launched A2, and then uh, A2 Update One, there was, uh, you know, quite a bit of quite a bit of change since then. Oh yeah, I mean, one of the big ones that comes to mind is the whole native IOC stuff on 8.2, you know, and having the ability to swap out the container. That's a big thing. Right, right. You know, so IOC being kind of your yeah. inversion of control. Yeah, you can inject tendencies into your classes, your class instances and things like that. Whereas before people would have to kind of roll their own, you know, through I think an initialized pipeline processor. But now it's just like right there out of the box, you know, you can start using it with the Microsoft stuff that's there, or you can swap it out if you want to for whatever reason you, that you need. Um, definitely it's a lot of powerful stuff and a lot of work went into that. Definitely give kudos to the actual team at Cycler that actually worked on that. Pretty much most of the, you know, classes that, are now governed by that, you know, weren't really set up to do that. And now, you know, I can tell that the team worked a lot of hours working on that to make it work and to make it, you know, plug and play. So, you know, thumbs up guys. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. And I know there were some other changes in that, uh, that release one that I, I recently ran into. Um, I think it was a two is when all the, the caching APIs changed. That was, uh, you know, I was doing an upgrade project using the express upgrade tool, this was going to a two initial release. And, um, you know, so a lot of the cache code just, you know, the, the interface has changed and stuff. So that was, uh, I know there's a, there's, there's a few breaking changes in there, but it was, I mean, it wasn't too yeah. hard to, uh, wasn't too hard to work around it. It was just something, I guess, if you're looking at upgrading to a two, especially if you got an older code base and doing some stuff around caching, something to, something to keep an eye out for. Uh, otherwise the express upgrade tool has been, um, been, you know, it's, it's been fairly decent. Um, the initial version was, you know, there was some issues mainly with the, the project I was working on because it doesn't, uh, it, it, it didn't upgrade web forms for marketers. Um, the, the new version that to go to a two update one, uh, will also upgrade web forms for marketers, which is, uh, a much needed relief. Um, you know, going through right. that upgrade process was kind of a, kind of a challenge. It's, it's, it's getting there. We're getting pretty close to, to launching, we're still kind of going through some testing and ironing out just different areas where we may have missed functionality or configuration, but you know, it was, uh, the, the, the release of that express upgrade tool was kind of it, it, something that much needed. You know, I, I, I've talked with several guests where I think the agreement was upgrades, you know, the psych heard loud and clear that the upgrades are kind of a, kind of a, a, a pain in everyone's side. So it was, um, uh, much needed tooling around there. Right. You know, I'm glad to see it because I mean, having done, I don't know, scores of upgrades over the past 10 years, you know, definitely I have my battle wounds from those and 
just seeing this tool just makes, you know, everybody's lives a lot easier. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's going to get a lot better as they, you know, move on and, you know, start thinking about future versions. And, uh, you know, of course, every time Psychor comes out with something, they just make it better and better every time. So definitely look, looking forward to the future on that front. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to use kind of use that tool more often. Um, you know, I've got a couple other clients lined up that that want to do an upgrade and we'll probably, probably look into using that again. It was, um, you know, a fairly painless process, uh, nice, nice interface, uh, around, um, around going through it is definitely, uh, if, if you're there listening, kind of threatening the prospect of, uh, of doing an upgrade, if, if, if the version that you're running currently is supported by the express upgrade tool, it definitely is definitely worth checking out. Um, it's, um, right. it's, it's a great tool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing I want to just mention though, if like, let's say, you know, the implementation that you have, you know, for custom, whatever it is for the website implementations or multi-tenant sites or whatever you have on your, your instance, you know, definitely you have to kind of do an audit to figure out whether you should just have a greenfield project to begin with. But sometimes you don't want to salvage some of that code rod. It just might not be worth it, especially around adding new features. So if it comes to the point where it's difficult to add new features to your current implementation, or even like, you know, if you want to do an upgrade and do it that way, you, you kind of need to do a double check and just make sure that, hey, are we actually delivering things on the value that, you know, we kind of promised on? You know, is it taking ages to add something that really should not take that long? You know, all, I mean, everybody knows that. I hope they know that. This is one of the things that you have to think about when we're doing a kind of like project like that. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely something to kind of know where you're coming from. I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, at Cam Ruse on the show and I, I can't remember if we were, we were talking about it either on, you know, during the show or kind of before or after we were recording. But you know, a lot of times too, is like maybe, you know, if you've got, if you've got a, a site that was on six, six, um, and you want to upgrade it to eight two, the express migration tool will will handle that. But six six was kind of the time frame around where kind of the the uh, the, the push to actually use stuff like data sources wasn't right. always always there. So a lot of times you may get a marketer that wants to you know they they see all the the, the stuff that you know, you can get with XDB and a lot of the personalization and, and strategy that you can implement on kind of the the whole experience platform taken as a whole. And, you know, they think that's, you know, that's what I want. And if, you know, if it's a site that was, you know, maybe implemented before people kind of got, you know, kind of took to heart using data sources, can you change the way that it was implemented so that, you know, you, you, you have the ability to use data sources and which is really, you know, that's that you have to have that in order to use personalization or multivariate testing. Uh, if that's not there, then upgrading from six six to eight two is just going to mean you're going to have you're going to have a nice new interface and there's a lot of functionality there. Uh, and I definitely you know don't want to downplay that that. But I, I, I've seen a lot of marketers say you know we want to upgrade because we want to use this new functionality. And you know it may not it may not necessarily you know you have to kind of look at it from a whole standpoint. So you make a good point. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing that people have to really think about is, you know, I know that some people are still on web forms. It does what it does, but, you know, just keep in mind that eventually cycle will stop supporting it. 
So you kind of need to think about that as well, you know. It's not even so much Sitecore. I know Microsoft is really kind of end yeah. of life that they're not really actively developing that platform. And, you know, I, and there are, you know, I've, I've run into folks that are just like, well, you know, is, is, is MVC ready on Sitecore? I'm like, yes, yes, that's where you should be. Uh, you know, definitely, you know, if you're, if you're kicking off a project, um, definitely look at, you know, I would say there's no reason at all to start it on web forms. Um, and definitely if you've got a web forms project, evaluate whether or not it makes sense to, to move it over. You know, it's, it's, it, you know, you and I can sit here and say, oh yeah, you know, just move it on over. That, that's a, it's kid, you know, large, some of these larger sites it is a large project to do and it's not necessary. Yeah. You're not going to, you, it's going to be hard to sell management of like, Hey, we were going to, you know, effectively rewrite all of our presentation logic. And, you know, at the end of it, it's going to look exactly the same and it's going to take us right. several months. So that's a tough sell, but, you know, you know, something to evaluate. Definitely. You know, it's, it's a biggie though. You kind of have to look at it this way. You know, um, if we stay on what we have right now with web forms, you know, what if there could be some bugs in the product and, you know, fixes aren't there, but they're in the new versions, but the new version doesn't support web forms. So you have to think about it like that as well. Yeah, and it's not an all or nothing thing too. Web forms can live along not not necessarily alongside, but you can have some pages on your site that are served by layouts and sublayouts and, and other pages that are served by layouts and you know controller renderings or view renderings and using MVC. So it's it's not something you have to do all immediately at once. You can right. you can actually do it in 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 parts and pieces. Yeah, you break it up into piecemeal break it up in piecemeal projects. You know, let's say you're adding a new feature, you know, but hey, it's touching an existing feature or something. You just slowly refactor, change it. You don't have to do everything like in one go. Yeah. 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 And I think the other big, the other big one that, that came out was uh, uh, all the support for Azure, uh, you know, support for using Sitecore in, a, in Azure web apps, uh, the ability to run, uh, run your session within Redis. To use Azure Search as your uh, search backend, I think that's that's huge. Um, I know I had a customer that was definitely interested in doing that back in just even the eight o, even the seven five timeframe. They were using the old Azure module for um, you know running on Azure platform as a service, and they were very interested in moving to using webs uh, using Azure Web Services mainly for the elastic nature of it because you know, scaling out, uh, and using, you know, and that's the promise of the cloud, if you will, you know, the, uh, uh, being able to scale to your load is as quickly as possible, you know, on, on paths, we were, we were seeing it could take upwards of 15, 20 minutes to bring a new node online if we needed to scale. Um, whereas with web services, that's, you know, under 10 minutes, if not, you know, almost measured in seconds. You can, you can add yeah. more capacity that fast and being able to do that combined with Sitecore using usage-based licensing as opposed to kind of perpetual licensing. Um, it, it, you know, it, for new websites, it's definitely a compelling, uh, a, a compelling model to look at, if, um, especially if you're considering Sitecore. Uh, it could be very cost-effective um, as well as being able to scale that site. Definitely agree. You know, I mean, I've been doing a lot of work with Azure recently and, you know, just the power of it. I mean, you can just click buttons and next thing you know, you have servers up and running and doing things. That's powerful. You know, as before, you'd have to you know, deal with physical, you know, server hardware and stuff like that. 
you know, now you don't have to worry about that stuff. And then you just easily you can plug things in. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you can just like walk away and relax, get a cup of coffee. Yeah. It's it's almost too early. A, a mutual offender of ours uh, that will remain unnamed was telling me a story. He was on a he was on a project where you know they you know this is and if you're a developer on Sitecore or just even on .NET, you you've probably run into this where you get a backup of a SQL database and you need to be able to export that. And if if you don't know this, if you take a backup and you're on one version of SQL Server, say it's SQL Server 2012, and you want to restore that backup, you've got to be on SQL Server 2012 or later. Um, he ends up, I can't remember the, the whole methodology, but he ends up spinning, spinning up an instance of SQL Server in Azure in order to import this in, uh, create a, the correct version of the backup file. Um, got everything done, you know, figured like, Hey, I'll, you know, and I'm, I'm going to throw as much hardware at this thing as possible just so it's really fast. Cause it was a really big database. He, he, he did all of his work and then, you know, passed the client along, you know, passed the file along to the client was like, Hey, this is great. And then a couple of days later realized he forgot to shut down the instance and had, you know, had like a $600 Azure bill just for <laughs> this idle database sitting there for a week. So it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you can, you know, it, it, it's very easy to spin up uh, a ton yeah. of power in Azure, but you can, uh, you gotta, you gotta be cognizant of what you're getting billed for. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else is, ha- what else is new in the Sitecore world? Um, oh, um, trying to think what else is going on. I mean, I don't know if we can talk about this, but you know, web forms for marketers is going to be going away soon, but I don't know when. Yeah, and They're talking uh, about they were talking about eight three, but I don't know if that's actually true anymore. Yeah, I, I know. know. I mean, publicly they had said um, at SugCon EU last year um, that it is going away; that there'll be a yeah. replacement. And I think everybody's, you know, everybody's interested to see what what happens with it. It's, I mean, it's an, an incredibly popular module. Um, yeah, just about almost every marketing site you end up having to take. You know, you have to collect some sort of information, whether you're trying to get people to sign up for an email list or contact. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's a sorely needed function, but it's also been yeah. sorely needed of an update for for quite a while. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm wondering like what the upgrade path would be if there is an upgrade path, or you just have to totally just throw it out the window and start brand new. I I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, and we got other stuff coming up. You know, we've got Subcon EU coming up in May uh, in Amsterdam. I think the location is still P to be determined, but uh, dates are there. Yeah, I think it's the 18th and 19th of May. I am heavily considering attending myself. It'd be my uh, first trek to Europe in in quite a while. But you know, just through the 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 friendships I've made through having folks on the podcast and all that, I'd love to love to meet some of these people in person. And I know a lot of them aren't going to be able to make it to symposium which is in october in uh in las vegas right. but it's uh you know it'd be you know it, it, i've always wanted to go um head on over to you know one of the subcons in europe um you know i looked at going to one a while ago the timing the timing just didn't work out but looking right. at the timing on this one I, I might be able to make this one work what do you th- what are you thinking are you gonna make the trek all the way from australia I think I'm going to try to do it. I mean, I've been to every SUGCON so far, and I don't want to miss it. I mean, I, I love going there, catching up with everybody, you know, definitely seeing the great sessions that, you know, are there. You know, it definitely is like like a thing I look forward to doing every year. And if I missed it, you know, I'd probably be so bummed and so upset. 
um, you know, even despite the fact that I'm like a gazillion miles away, I mean, I'm going to do whatever I can to get there. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the boat I'm in as well. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Uh, when, when they have first announced it, uh, you know, I, I initially looked at flights. I was like, Ooh, and then, uh, I actually yeah. just recently looked at, it, I'm like, eh, it seems, you know, like I can probably swing that. So, uh, definitely, definitely going to try and make it. I definitely will be at symposium in October. Uh, I won't miss out for the world. And that's, you know, that's, that's a lot easier track for me kind of with me within, <laughs> the, within the country. Yeah. 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 I mean, for me, it would probably be, be about, I'm going to guess 17 hour flight. Yeah. Which is still shorter than flying to Amsterdam, I believe. But, you know, um, we'll see what happens. You know, I got to save my, my pennies and look under the couch for some change and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't care how long it takes to fly to either. I'll go. Yeah. And I, I would, and I would say if, you, if you're within, you know, travel distance of either of these events and you're out there, I definitely look into it, especially, you know, I know, I know, you know, if you're, if you're in Europe, it, it's, you know, it's quite a commitment to fly all the way to Las Vegas in October and, and, yeah. and come on over, but you're still going to get a, a lot of great information out of Subcon Europe. Uh, I know the, the, the folks organizing that, they, they, they do a ton of great work of, of bringing in great speakers. Um, they're still, they've still got, you know, a, an open call for speakers out there. So if, you know, if you've got, got something in mind that you want to share with the rest of the, uh, Psychcore community, definitely, definitely submit something. And, uh, yeah. if not, you know, definitely soon. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that it closes at mid Feb. So definitely look into it as soon as you can. Yeah. This, this episode comes out on, uh, February 8th, you know, so you, you don't got a lot of time. So definitely if you, if you thinking about speaking at Subcon, you submit something. I know those, the folks putting that together are, are, are hard at work trying to get the best content. And, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and don't think you're going to be able to make it all the way to the U S for a symposium, it is definitely, you know, don't think of it as a second class event. I know the subcons I've been to, you know, high, high class content, um, I have it on good authority that there will be folks from Psychor there actually speaking. Um, nothing announced yet. I'm just uh, making a highly, highly educated guess based on past uh, past subcons. So right. you know, definitely, if you if you don't think you're gonna be able to make it all the way to uh, Las Vegas in October, uh, definitely definitely think about getting over to Amsterdam in in May. It's um, you know a, a conference definitely worth checking out. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, so I mean, Mike, it's been great to catch up again, and I, I'm sure everybody's uh, everybody's uh, great to hear you're safe and sound down under, and you know, it's uh, it's always it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, you know, folks don't already know how to find you online. Where uh, where can they find you? You'll probably find me on the Psycho Community Slack. Um, I'm Psycho Junkie on there. You can find me on Twitter, Mike underscore I underscore Reynolds. Um, you see me all over social media, so I, I'm really not difficult to find. Yeah, like, you know, if I'm there, you can find me. Even if I'm not, even if you, even if it looks like I'm not online, I'm actually online. So, reach out. You know, if you have any questions, I just want to say hello. Yeah, and if you're in Sydney, definitely. You know, when's the when's the next um, when's the next Psychor user group? The next user group is on the 22nd of February at six o'clock. So, I definitely rec- if you're in the Sydney area I de- at the time, I definitely recommend coming out. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be some great content on Helix and some great content on like, you know, TDS and some other tools that Hedgehog have, you know, and 
Sean Hosey and Hedgehog are giving away freebies, so definitely come. Nice, nice. Well, hey, thanks again for being on the show. And to those of you at home, thanks again for tuning in. Um, we will talk to you next time. Thanks, Derek. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Core Sampler. To see show notes from this and past episodes, please visit coresampler.fm. There, you can also subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and then go to iTunes to rate and comment on our show. Even if you're using a different app to listen to us, those ratings and reviews really do help others find us. Are you a professional working with Sitecore and interested in joining the show? Or would you like to leave some feedback directly? We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at coresampler.fm. That is all for this episode of Core Sampler. We'll see you next time.